You are Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to a Wednesday morning episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Sports Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade. Excited to be back for another show today, and I have a very special guest coming on the show today. I know we got Iowa versus Nebraska wrestling this weekend, and I thought the best person I could possibly get on the show would be Cody Goodwin of the Des Moines Register, and so I shot my shot, and Cody came on. So we have Cody joining the show today, talking to you 30 minutes about Iowa Hawkeye Wrestling, giving you a full breakdown of everything you want to know about this wrestling squad. Make sure to go follow him if you aren't already. He has some fantastic mailbags as well for the Moines Register and also has his own podcast titled In the Room. So we have Cody Goodwin coming up on the show right now. All right, I am joined here by Cody Goodwin. Cody, it is a pleasure to have you on the phone um, or on the Zoom chat, I should say. How are you doing today, though, man? I, doing doing pretty well, actually. Um, so we get we get some Hawkeye wrestling this week. Finally, um, it seems like it's been forever because it probably has been. Um, but that's exciting that the you know the number one team in the country is finally back on the mat, and um, you know it'll finally feel like wrestling season. It's been a little weird with all this COVID stuff, but um, you know we're getting there. We're trying. We're, we're we're trying to wrestle in a pandemic. I can't ask for much more than that, right? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's going to be interesting for sure. There's some new, um, not rules, but some new concepts that are going to be introduced this year. Um, Iowa has a, an interesting schedule they have coming up. I know there's been some some interesting stuff coming out about Oklahoma State and some of, you know, Tom Brands was, was very, very pissed off about all of this stuff going on. But I uh, want to make sure we get onto all of that. I'm excited about Iowa wrestling taking place this Friday. I know Iowa fans are as well, considering the fact that we should have won a national title last year. Would you disagree with that? No, I mean, they were absolutely the team to beat last year. Um, you know, I, you, you kind of wonder at the beginning of the year, you know, how good can this team be really? Because you see the pieces, but it's, you know, maybe you need to see a little bit more out of this guy or a little bit more out of this guy. And, you know, the season rolls around. And, um, you know, as they got into January last year, I was like, you know, yeah, this they, they definitely have the pieces. And then when they were able to kind of, you know, when they were able to beat Penn State, that was kind of the moment for me where I was like, OK, like this this is going to be that team because they everything that probably could have gone wrong in that duel did go wrong and they still found a way to win it. Um, so, you know, you combine that with, you know, a record breaking Midlands performance with the fact that they just thumped everybody. They wrestled last year. Um, it was, you know, that was, that was the team, you know, and then they won the big 10 championships by 25 and a half points, which is, which is a pretty big margin um, for those who may might not be, you know, all that familiar with with wrestling um, in the Big Ten Conference and whatnot, you know, to, to win the Big Ten Conference, you know, 25 and a half points. That's not unlike what Alabama just did to the SEC. Right. Yeah. Because um, Big Ten wrestling is SEC. Big Ten wrestling is as like SEC football. Like that's just that's the conference in the sport. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, the, the Hawkeyes were that team that year. And then, you know, six days after the Big Ten championships, COVID says, you know, we got different plans. Um, so yeah, you know, I, 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 the line I kept using last year was that, you know, it literally took a worldwide pandemic to keep those Hawkeyes from winning a national title because that's how good they were. Um, but the good news for, you know, everybody that does follow Hawkeye wrestling is that literally everybody is back. And the one person that's not Pat Lugo, who was the one seed at 149 pounds at the NCAA championships last year, big 10 champ, Midlands champ, really, really good wrestler. He's being replaced by, uh, Jaden Ironman who transferred him from Mizzou and he's a three-time all American. So the train's just going to keep rolling this season. Yeah, I love it. And you're you're absolutely right. I didn't even realize. Um, so I, like you said, I, I'm not as good at wrestling or following wrestling. That's why I have you on the show to talk a little bit about it. But I think that analogy of comparing it to what Alabama just did to Ohio State, 
um, is, is a very good comparison and kind of gives a, uh, a spectrum of where we are from a wrestling program and what we're going to coming be coming into. Quick question on that. I want to get to that Penn State duel because I do have a question about Austin DeSantos. But Jaden Ironman, do you feel like he would have beat Pat Lugo? Because he didn't wrestle last year, right? No, so he he took a, he was still enrolled with Mizzou last year. He took an, an Olympic red shirt. Um, you know, cause wrestling is, you know, it's considered, you know, those non-revenue Olympic sports. And so, you know, he was, he was trying to make the Olympic team, um, in the process, he decided to transfer in. They're actually, they're actually different weights. Um, so the impact that Jade Nyerman is going to have. Lugo's is at 149, be, right? Lugo wrestled 49. Jade Nyerman's going to wrestle 41. So Max Murin, who wrestled 41 for Iowa last year is going to bump up and, and the rest of the lineup is, is going to be set save for probably 184, at least for maybe a few weeks. Um, but the impact I think Ironman's going to have is going to be just as significant as what Lugo was able to produce. Um, you know, I, Lugo was, you know, he went like 22 and one last year, 21 and one, I think it was, um, you know, I, maybe not a ton of bonus points, but enough. And he was able to win tough, gritty matches. And, you know, the guy was just hardly ever out of position. Um, Jaden Ironman's going to bring a lot of bonus points, a lot of firepower. Um, he might give up some points here and there, but the guy, the guy just knows how to win big matches. Um, he knows how to do it with flair. He knows how to do it with style. It kind of sucks that they're not going to have fans at Carver Hawkeye arena this year, because that is a guy that loves the spotlight. Um, so to not have, you know, the, the 10,000 fans at Carver that they added every home duel last year, I'm going to kind of suck for him. Um, but it is a freebie year, a blanket waiver from the NCAA make sure is, is going to ensure that everybody that is you know going to compete this year, um, eligibility won't be impacted that, that was, you know, that was the case across all sports. Right. So, um, you know, if he decides to come back next year, um, which I believe he will, um, you know, he'll, he'll be able to get that, that Carver experience. Right. But I, Jaden Ironman's going to slide right in and he's going to be just as, just as good as what Lugo was last year, just at a different weight. And, um, you know, the Hawkeyes shouldn't miss a beat, um, to be quite honest coming in this season. I love it. Yeah. Sorry. That was a very ignorant question too. Cause I remember even doing the notes and I was like, Max Mirren is at 141. It looks like Ironman's still at 141. Mirren's moving up to 149. So that makes sense. Um, you touched on a couple things. You talked about the waiver and the fact that all these, you know, student athletes have an extra year. This is basically a free year of eligibility, giving Spencer Lee an opportunity to get four, you know, titles. Do you feel like everyone is going to return? I mean, cause it's a little bit different than in basketball, right? Where yeah, cool. You have a year of eligibility, but you also have the opportunity for pro basketball waiting. You were in wrestling. There's, there's not necessarily that, that opportunity to go make a, a you know, significant sum of money after this, right. Other than maybe coaching. But so do you feel like everyone on this team is going to be returning that has the opportunity to leave? Obviously it's I early be, this season, but yeah, yeah. Right. Um, you know, so, you know, as we start to talk with the team more and we start to talk with the coaches and maybe we, you know, we get a little bit of a different vibe as, as the season unfolds, you know, maybe I guess there's always that chance, right. That somebody could, could leave the program or somebody major could leave the program. But I think at this moment, at the time we're recording this, I would be pretty shocked if, um, if somebody decided to leave and, um, you know, you look at the lineup that they had last year, um, everybody's back except Lugo, but Ironman will be here. So, you know, and he's going to be able to take advantage of that blanket waiver as well. So he'll be able to come back next year. So the lineup that the Hawkeyes are going to have will be back next year. Um, you know, and if they're able to get the job done, I don't know why they wouldn't want to come back and run it back. Right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, in addition to that, you know, you, maybe you see a few guys I, transferring and out, um, I, you know, that there's always that possibility, but, you know, just, just the, the, what I was been able to develop with all of these guys that they're, you know, their current starters, you know, like Spencer Lee, Alex Marinelli, um, you know, you, you mentioned Austin DeSanto, Michael Kemmer, Tony Cassiope, Avisad, Nelson Brands, all these guys. I mean, there's just, there's a really good culture going on right now within the program. Um, you know, to the point where, you know, there's a lot of guys that aren't starting for the Hawkeyes who could probably transfer elsewhere and start for those programs, um, but they're not. 
right? So you, there, I think there's something to be said for that, just with the culture within the program, what they've been able to build the last few years on the recruiting trail, what they're continuing to build with some of these recruits that they've got coming in on the recruiting trail over the, you know, the true freshman class, the class that just signed, um, you know, I know that they're putting in some heavy work on, you know, kind of what they want to do in the future because of the blanket waiver, it's going to make scholarships a little interesting because, um, you know, I don't know if people know this, but fully funded wrestling programs at the collegiate level, it's only 9.9 scholarships. Um, so oh, wow. math, yeah, it's, it's a lot different than football or basketball. So it's, it's, it's real funky math. And, and this blanket waiver is going to make for some weird math equations and probably some tough conversations moving forward. Um, but I, I, I think I would be really surprised if, if they, if, if everybody in the program currently didn't come back, I think that that would be surprising. So I, I would expect them to, but I guess anything's possible, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, are you basically saying that, you know, there's a chance Iowa should be fa- or is favored to win the NCAA tournament this year, the NCAA wrestling championships this year, if they return everyone in theory, that should be next year as well. And then we have some fantastic recruiting classes coming in. I know the 2021 class is also um, getting a lot of hype right now as well. Um, this is maybe a, a long-term thing, right? This is the start of maybe a, a pretty amazing stretch of the Iowa Hawkeye wrestling program. All right, I'll need to quickly pause that conversation because sometimes you need to hear a very important message. And my important message for you today is that Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market today. And if you aren't eating Built Bars, you need to hop on this trend right now because, again, Built Bar is the most delicious protein bar out there. It comes in 18 amazing flavors. All these bars are covered in 100% chocolate, and they're soft and easy to chew. If you're, you know, if you're a wrestler and need a little protein right after a, after a quick wrestle session, or if you get a workout in, you need some protein right there, or if you're just trying to get a snack in the middle of the day and want to pick up something healthy, but also delicious, grab yourself a Built Bar. Built Bars are great for the health conscious guy or girl, and they are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. One of my favorite flavor profiles is cookies and cream. It comes in 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs. Why wouldn't you want to eat something that tastes like a candy? bar but gives you the nutritional impact that you want in the middle of the day go to builtbar.com right now and use the promo code locked on and you'll get 20 percent off your next order use promo code locked on for 20 percent off at builtbar.com 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast wherever you get your podcast at. Let's get back into our conversation with Cody talking about Iowa wrestling. Yeah, I think that's fair to say, um, you know, there, there are other factors that, you know, maybe we should take into account, right? You know, like what are other teams going to be able to trot out? I know, you know, Nebraska has a really tough team and a lot of those guys are young. So how do they progress over the next couple mm-hmm. of years? Um, you know, Michigan, I think, has a pretty good team this year. I don't know if they've got enough firepower and depth to hang with the Hawkeyes, but, um, you know, in a tournament setting, you, you never know, right? Um, you know, Ohio State's another team that routinely recruits well. So, you know, can they develop those guys to be able to hang with Iowa? And then there's always Penn State lurking, right? That's usually the team that a lot of fans are kind of like, you know, hey, what are they doing? You know, they always have one eye on Happy Valley just because you never really know what Kale Sanderson and company have, have up their sleeve. Um, you know, I think they're going to have a really tough team this year, which means they will probably have a really tough team next year. So um, there's a couple different wild cards, a couple different teams that could probably push Iowa here and there. But, 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's absolutely fair to say if they get the job done this year, um, you know, that they should probably be heavy favorites because in theory, everybody comes back. Right. So it's it, it would be the year after, you know, when guys like Spencer Lee, Marinelli, Michael Kemmer, all these guys start to graduate and, and, you know, these talented freshmen start to step into the lineup. That's when, you know, hey, how, how good are these guys? Are they going to be ready to go? Um, how much progression do they need? Do they need to make to kind of fill in what those guys left? Um, so yeah, yeah, I think the, ne the next couple of years for Iowa wrestling, it should be a lot of fun. And then the years after that, um, you know, there might be some growing pains, but you know, they'll cross that road when they get there. Absolutely. And so you, you do a really good job of unintentionally transitioning into some of the things I want to talk about. Uh, you mentioned Penn state and the, how we always have an eye on them and looking backwards to last year, you mentioned the fact that, um, everything that could have went wrong really did go wrong. And Iowa still managed to get out of that wrestling match. And I want to talk a little bit about Austin DeSantos because He's a guy who, when I've watched, seems a little bit inconsistent compared to the rest of the lineup. You just never kind of know what's going to happen, match in and match out with him. And against Roman Bravo Young, um, it was a very it was a very interesting match where he seemed like he was injured a little bit, um, was struggling to kind of get his sense of what was happening. What what were your what was your take on that match between him and Roman Roman Bravo Young last year? And how do you think or what do you think Austin DeSanto needs to improve coming into this year? Yeah, no, that, that match, that was a weird match. Um, you know, because it, it's, you know, it started kind of how we thought it would. I mean, Robin Bravo Young, we call him RBY for short, because that's just his name mouthful. Um, and so he, you know, RBY came out real quick, scored a takedown. Um, you know, kind of, I mean, we, we kind of thought that RBY would probably be favored in that match, or at least I did, you know, he's yeah. really talented. He's made, you know, he was an all American as a true freshman, which um, for wrestlers not named Spencer Lee, that's a really, really impressive thing to do. <laughs> And so, you know, he, I mean, he was able to do that at, at a really, really tough weight class. And then he just jumped significantly, um, you know, levels wise, talent wise. I thought he was a title contender last year for sure. And, and he showed it in that match against DeSanto. He came out, scored real quick. Um, you know, I'm not exactly, we never really got the full story about what happened yeah. to DeSanto in that match. Um, my guess, you know, as a former wrestler myself, um, you, you get a little creaky as you get older, right? So maybe his knee popped, not in a bad way, but in a way that maybe he hadn't felt before. That was at least... Um, kind of what Tom Brands um, head coach kind of alluded to us that, you know, Hey, like he, it was maybe more between the ears thing, you know, Hey, all oh, my knee popped, what, what happened? Right. You know? And so maybe he panicked a little bit out there on the mat. Um, you know, I'm sure that there was some level of pain to it because, you know, a couple of weeks later at the big 10 championships, he had his knee all taped up with some athletic tape and um, you know, he was, um, yeah, I don't want to say he was careful, but maybe, maybe a little bit more tentative and, and selective with some of his attacks and his shots and stuff like that. So um, really weird match. Um, you know, I, like you said, it kind of set the course of, you know, what could go wrong, did go wrong in that duel specifically because his forfeit gave Penn state, you know, six points when, you know, really maybe they should have only scored three, or I think there was a chance maybe DeSanto could have won that match, depending on how it unfolded. So pretty big swing for the nits there. Um, you know, and then I, DeSanto, you know, I, well, 133 has been a tough weight class, man. Like it's, you know, and he's right there, you know, I, a couple years ago, it was, you know, I, at the, uh, at the NSA championships, 133 pounds as a bracket, you know, there were, I, there were 16 guys that probably could have finished on the podium. Um, you know, and, and the eight that just so happened to do it just so happened to navigate the bracket in such a way that they, you know, they, they just so happened to be the last eight guys standing. Yeah. Right? DeSanto was one of those. So, you know, I mean, he's, he's absolutely a tough customer. Um, I've always considered him kind of, kind of a, you know, in that top championship tier, like this is a guy that probably could win a national title if, if he, if he locks in during those three days in March, 
Um, you know, he hasn't been able to, to show it maybe in the one opportunity I was really going to be, I really liked his draw actually last year at the NCAA championships. Now that I think about it and remember it. Um, but obviously we didn't get a chance to contest those. Right. So, you know, who knows? I, you know, I think he, I think he had a path to the semifinals. And at that point it's, you know, can you put one really, really good match together and get to the finals? Um, I still think he's more than capable of that. Um, you know, last year, his second year in the lineup, he was able to kind of diversify a little bit more with his offensive repertoire. Like he was able to, he was doing different things on his attacks and finishes that were allowing him to score a lot more points. So can he take another step in that direction this season, which I think will really help elevate his game and, and really kind of put, you know, the rest of the weight class on notice because, you know, if this guy can, you know, I, the, his first year as a collegiate wrestler, he wrestled at Drexel before he transferred to Iowa. He had like one or two moves and those one or two moves got him within a spot of placing at the national championships. Then he comes to Iowa and now he's got three or four moves and he becomes an all American last year. I think he had probably five or six moves. Um, still, I thought was a strong all American contender again. So, you know, can you get to that seven, eight, nine, ten move range and really kind of establish yourself at that weight? That's probably what I'm going to be looking for from him because like it's been in years past, 133 pounds is going to be a stacked weight this year. And he's going to have a lot of tough competition, both in the big 10 and when he gets to the NCAA championships. Um, so, you know, can you take that next step? Can you diversify your offense a little bit more? And, and if he can do that, I really like uh, where he'll be probably about the end of the year. I love it. Yeah. I almost, I thought he almost tore, I thought he might've torn his ACL the way he was holding his knee against Penn state. I mean, that's what it looked like. And so I was concerned that he might not be able to wrestle the rest of the season, but obviously it seemed like it was a little bit more in between the, you know, the ears, like you said. Yeah, no, he, when he, cause he, I mean, this is, this is a guy that's, he's tough as nails. Um, he, he doesn't really react a whole lot to pain. And so to see him in that moment, that was kind of running through our thoughts on press row too. We were all like, Oh, wow. Just, and, and you know, the way he's walked off, like we've all seen various, you know, ACL, PCL, MCL tears. And so the way he was walking, I was like, ah, maybe, um, yeah. which would really, really suck. Right. But, yeah. you know, thankfully I, it, and I don't, I think it was just classified as some sort of sprain. Like it wasn't anything super dangerous. And, you know, he just had to kind of be a little bit careful and really just kind of get comfortable stepping on it again. Right. That's, you know, when anybody tears their knee up or just injures their knee or injures the, you know, a lower limb, um, you know, half the battle coming back is just having confidence to step on it again. Right. Cause we're not used to not putting weight on it every day. So that was, that was one of the, that, that was a weird scenario for sure. And that was the, I don't think I've ever heard Carver that quiet before. Yeah, no, was, um, I was watching on the TV. I was like, Oh, this is, this is not good. Another wild card. I would consider Austin probably a wild card in terms of what he can do this year. Another wild card is probably Jacob Warner, another guy who um, can put together some really strong bouts. And then also sometimes it doesn't seem to be, either ready for the moment or um, doesn't seem up for the moment. What does he need to improve um, this season coming into the, the Iowa Hawkeye wrestling season? All right, y'all. And after you listen to that Locked On Bets podcast, right after you listen to this awesome episode with Cody, make sure to go to betonline.ag and put that knowledge to work. All the knowledge that Lee and your boy Q are dropping on you, you now need to go to betonline.ag and place those bets and put a little money in your pocket because there's only one place that has you covered and one place that I trust with all of my betting needs, and that is betonline.ag. .ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code locked on. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus. That's right. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. There's so much action happening right now. College football just wrapped up. We have the NFL playoffs still here. We got the NBA. We got the NHL. And we got college basketball. It is the perfect time to put a little money in your pocket after a long holiday season. So again, do not sit on the sidelines. Get that money in your pocket. Make those bets and do it at betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on and you'll get that 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. 
Yeah, not unlike, um, you know, DeSanto, just trying to find a little bit of consistency because, you know, this guy has all the tools that I think it probably takes to win a national title this year. And the, and the really fun thing about 197 is that it's there's there's a lot of really good wrestlers at this weight this year nationally. Um, but it's I, I don't know that you could pick out a favorite. I mean, maybe your favorite is West Virginia's Noah Adams because he went 31 and 0 last year and, and he was the two seed, but we didn't get to see him at the NCAA championships. Um, you know, so he's back again. So maybe you kind of, you know, lightly pencil him in as the favorite. But, you know, I think Jacob Warner's absolutely in that championship tier. Um, you know, he's got all the pieces that it takes to win. You know, he he's very aggressive offensively. Um, he's got maybe the heaviest hands in the country. He, um, you know, he, I mean, he can he, he's got some mental toughness to him. He's got a lot of good mental fortitude. Um, you know, but I kind of like you said, you know, he I, I had a division one coach tell me one time that when this guy locked in when Jacob Warner locks into a match physically and mentally he is probably the best 197 pounder in the country um and whether it be mentally or physically so he just maybe there are some matches where he isn't fully 100% locked in because when he is we see it you know we see him win three three matches on the backside to become an all-american we see him beat um you know Iowa State's Willie Miklas who was really really he was a four-time all-american um Jacob Warner beat him after rolling his ankle um, you know, we see him get up for big matches like the Penn State duel last yep. year where they needed to have that match and he was able to get a quick takedown and win that one for two. That was huge. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> Iowa needed that match if they wanted to win the duel and Jacob Warner said, I got it. Um, so when he's in that frame of mind, he can do it. When he's not in that frame of mind, sometimes he'll lose a couple of matches that maybe he should win. You know, I, he lost a couple of matches at the Midlands Championships last year. Um, you know, he lost uh, he lost to Penn State Shakur Rashid. After beating him in the duel, he lost to Shakur Rashid at the Big Ten Championships. He battled all the way back for third, but it's, you know, hey, I, you know, we kind of thought Warner might be in the semis of that tournament. Um, you know, little things like that. You know, I mean, he had to come back to win in the Russellbacks um, or the consolation bracket for people who aren't terribly familiar with wrestling, um, mm -hmm. you know, which is a really hard thing to do to become an All-American. But he lost a match in the front side that maybe he probably shouldn't have lost to put himself in that position. So, you know, if, I mean, if he can lock in and just be mentally focused every single time out, there's no reason to think that he, you know, isn't the best 197 pounder in the country. Um, the season will bear out the truth. And he's going to have a really, really tough match here Friday because he's got uh, Eric Schultz from Nebraska. Um, you know, I think most rankings have those guys two and three in the country. Um, so, you know, heck of a way to start off the season, right? That'll show us yeah. where he's at right out of the gate. Definitely, man. I want to get to your Nebraska prediction because you already did, you've already done some predictions about what matches you think are going to be the toughest. If you read your mailbag and anyone who's here who wants to learn about wrestling should absolutely be following you and listening to your mailbag because you are incredibly informative on there. So I really appreciate that. Um, one other, you know, one other weight class has been a, a high, a lot of talk is Abasad and Nelson Brand at 184. And you've had this conversation a lot through your mailbags, even mentioning, I'm sick of getting this question because we just <laughs> don't know. So I'm not going to ask the question who goes where, cause you kind of made it, you know, you feel like brands are probably going to get the go ahead and Abasad is going to have as many opportunities as possible to beat him. It's going to be a battle back and forth. So my question for you is not that it is where would Abasad be ranked right now as the rankings came out if he were the head wrestler at 184? Yeah, I think honestly, you could probably just interchange him and Nelson in whatever national rankings you use. Um, you know, we use track wrestling. Yep. Um, and so they, I think they have Nelson. Eight, right? Yeah, yep. they have him at eighth right now, which I think is probably where Abe would be if he were, you know, considered the starter. 
Um, you know, and hey, hey, he might start on Friday. You know, I, I honestly, honest to God, I have no idea. Me, me thinking that Nelson is probably going to get the nod to start, um, you know, at least Friday's duel, you know, probably more rooted in just the, you know, I, I think this was back in early November. They had the, the Hawkeye Wrestling Club had a, had an exhibition type duel and it was, it was freestyle. It wasn't folk style, which is what they wrestle collegiately. Freestyle is what they do on the, in the Olympics. Um, you know, and, and Nelson and Abe wrestled and Nelson beat him pretty handily. Um, there are some subtle differences between freestyle and folk style. So take that for whatever it's worth. But afterwards, um, you know, Tom Brands made the comment that, you know, some of these matchups were, were Russell off esque, um, which make that's kind of what leads me to think that maybe Nelson's probably going to be the starter. Um, but, you know, I think whoever starts there, whether it's Nelson Brands, whether it's Abe Asad, um, you know, and they'll bear that out as the season kind of unfolds. I think, you know, whoever starts is probably, you know, in that eight to 10 to 12 range nationally, you know, I think that they have enough firepower. I think Abasad, especially he's a full 184 pounder. He's, you know, he, he's really good for the weight there. Nelson, um, you know, if he starts on Friday, I'll get to actually get a better look at him. But last year he was a little bit undersized for 184 and really more used his gas tank to kind of win some matches there. Um, you know, so I think they both have different sets of capabilities that would give them the opportunity to win a handful of matches at the NCAA championships and maybe put themselves in position to perhaps become an all American, um, you know, but uh, you, who gets that nod right now? I have no idea. You know, we didn't yeah. know that it was going to be a Basad until, you know, January last season, because he was just a true freshman, you know, and we just assumed that, you know, looking at Tom Brands' track record, true freshman redshirt, you know, every single time, unless your name is Spencer Lee. Um, so to, you know, Abasad ultimately made a run to the Midlands finals. Um, and then he got the nod against Purdue and Indiana one weekend in January. And then it was Abasad the rest of the way. He ended up fourth at the big 10 championships. He was a top 12 seed at the NCAA championships. Um, so, you know, I, I think both guys are more than capable. Um, you know, and, and I think that eight to 10 to 12 range is probably right. I think they, they, they're good enough to kind of be all American candidates, but you know, can they get the job done when it counts? I think that remains to be seen. Makes sense. I have a couple more questions. Do you still have time? Absolutely. Let's go. Perfect, guys. I didn't want to, I knew I, I said eight, 10 minutes and uh, I clearly just misjudged entirely on my question list for you. So I really appreciate <laughs> you taking the time to talk through this. I'm learning a lot. Um, you talk about freshmen typically redshirting under, under brands and we have this free year now. Well, we also have Patrick Kennedy, which is a guy you've mentioned quite a bit. Um, number three wrestler uh, ranked coming into this class. What are the chances we see him and where we see him at in this lineup? So I, he'll be, he'll probably wrestle 65, 74 throughout the duration of his career. Um, we may not see him in the lineup because I, you look at the starting lineup, Alex Marinelli at 165, Michael Kemmer at 174. Um, probably not going to see him when it comes time to, you know, get ready for the big 10 championships. Maybe you see him, you know, to spell one of those guys, you know, if they need a break, you know, Michael Kemmer has a history of, of injuries. And I know that they kind of eased him in throughout the season last year. So maybe, uh, you know, PK steps up and takes a, takes a match or two at 174. Um, you know, I, Alex Marinelli, I don't think has missed a single match since they were able to insert him in the lineup. So I doubt that he's going to seed anything. Um, we'll probably see more Patrick Kennedy and some of these other talented true freshmen that they've got, like Colin and Colby Shriver, Gabe Christensen, Jesse Ybarra, Brettley Reina, Leaf Schroeder, um, stacked freshman class. I know I'm probably forgetting a couple other names in there too. We'll probably see them more wrestle in some of those extra matches. Yep. Um, the big 10 is allowing each team, each program to wrestle, you know, as many guys, I guess, as they feel like they need to, um, you know, in just some extra matches that, that do count toward, um, you know, they do count toward like NCAA seating. They do count toward big 10 seating. Um, you know, I, qualification type stuff. Cause it's all kind of based on record and how many matches they get. Um, so these extra matches are going to count. That's probably where we're going to see a bunch of the true freshmen. That's probably where I think we'll see Patrick Kennedy on a, on Friday night. 
Um, you know, I think the tentative plan is to wrestle those extra matches after the original duel. I know some teams and some programs have kind of, you know, do you do them before? Do you do them concurrently? Do you do them after? I've seen literally all three of those. Um, so I think Iowa's plan tentatively right now is to wrestle those extra matches afterward. Um, I don't know if there's going to be a stream for people to watch them, um, yeah. but I'll be in the building. So I'll be sure to let you guys know how they look. So um, that's it. probably where we'll see PK most of the year. Yeah. And real quick, where can everyone follow you on Twitter? So as you're tweeting all this stuff out, where can they follow you at? Yeah, no, I'm on Twitter at Cody Goodwin. Um, read all my stuff, you know, Des Moines Register, Hawk Central. And then I do have that podcast in the room. I try to do that uh, twice weekly. So I usually tweet that out whenever those, uh, those are good to go. So um, that's usually where people can check me out. I love them, man. And with those extra matches, uh, you don't know how many they're going to have right now, right? That's, I think that's what you said in your mailbag. Yeah, I'm not, not sure how many there will be. I just know that there will be some. I love it. All right. And so we have Iowa versus Nebraska this Friday where everyone's excited about it. I'm pumped to see some Iowa wrestling. What are your predictions for this upcoming match? The first big 10 match for Iowa. Yeah, no, Nebraska's scrappy, man. Um, they, they have a really good team. They finished second at the big 10 championships last year and they brought back virtually everybody. Um, their strength is really in some of the heavier weights. I know for, you know, 74, 84, 97, just they're loaded. Um, you know, at 74, it's Mikey Labriolo who's a guy from Pennsylvania. He's an all American. Um, you know, he took Michael Kemmer to the wire last year in that duel. Um, 84 Taylor Venz, another all American Abasad actually beat him in his Carver Hawkeye debut last year. Uh, but then Venz was able to get him back at the big 10 championship. So he's real tough. And then obviously Eric Schultz, Jacob Warner at 197, that should be a good one. Um, you know, outside of that though, this, I mean, this is a duel that Iowa should probably win handily. Um, you know, this, I, they, Nebraska as a team tends to wrestle in such a way that they try to frustrate Iowa. Um, which is to say that, you know, maybe they don't, they aren't as aggressive as maybe they normally would be in like a tournament setting or, you know, a duel, a separate duel, um, you know, cause I, you know, I know Mark Manning really wants to beat the Hawkeyes, but he just hasn't been able to do that the last few years. So, um, you know, Iowa, you know, outside of those three weights, the Hawkeyes are, are heavily favored, I think in every other weight. So, you know, something, something like 26, uh, 26, nine, 26, 10, somewhere in that range probably sounds about right. I might be worse. I don't know. Hawkeyes may come out and just pin four or five people. Um, cause it's been a while since they've been able to get their hands on somebody other than their teammates. So, um, but yeah, I mean, this, this, this should not be a, maybe Nebraska will make them sweat a little bit, but I doubt it'll be much. Yeah. So, I mean, according to Intermat NCAA division one rankings, Nebraska's fourth, the AP rankings, Nebraska's six. And you're saying this could be a, a easy match for Iowa, which I think just goes to show you how great Iowa is. If anyone isn't following along or has been living under a freaking rock and hasn't followed along with Iowa wrestling yet. Yeah, they, uh, that's, that's just kind of the way that's, that's how good this team is. And, and there's always, there's a handful of teams that are like that every, every now and again. But I remember telling people last year that, you know, once they got through the Penn State duel, I was like, guys, you just got to sit back and enjoy this team because unless something catastrophic happens, they are just they're going to go wire to wire. They're going to win it. And, you know, I I don't know if it'll be that easy or if they'll be that dominant this year just because with everything going on and, you know, we don't know what some other teams might have. And, and March, I think, is going to be super, super interesting from a non wrestling standpoint. But, um, you know, I, I, I still think people can sit back and, and, and comfortably enjoy this team because they're going to be that good. They're going to be that entertaining and. Um, you know, it's going to be, a, it's going to be a quick couple of months, but it's going to be a fun couple of months with these guys back wrestling again. Absolutely, man. My last question for you with COVID going on right now, um, obviously in the middle of a pandemic, that's why we didn't get to see a Iowa win a title last year. How much has Iowa's depth possibly come into play here? And does their depth match up well with other teams? And by that, I mean, what if, you know, one of these wrestlers, God forbid, is out for 
21 days or out for 14 days with COVID like symptoms or whatever it might be. Right. Um, how does Iowa's depth possibly help them coming into this with all their talent they have? Yeah. So I think first off the big 10, I think adjusted that rule. So I think it's only 10 days if it's like, Oh, close it's 10 now. Back. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I think originally it was 21 across the board, no matter what. Um, now I think if somebody contracts it, um, it's something, I, I think that's the full two weeks. Um, but anything outside of that, I think it's just 10 days, which is good. Cause I know a lot of wrestlers were looking at that 21 day rule. Like what? Like are That's you half the that? season. Exactly. Right. So they, they were not terribly thrilled about that. Um, but I was depth. I mean, overall is good. Um, you know, I think if, if given the opportunity, if a normal casual starter can't go, I think Tom brands might insert a couple of the freshmen, you know, there's a, a handful of those true freshmen are lighter weight. So if Spencer maybe needs a night off or if something, you know, God forbid something happens to him, they've got a couple of options there that they can insert behind him, um, you know, to kind of take over for, for, a, you know, a duel or maybe a weekend, depending on what the situation might be. Um, you know, same thing at 33, depending on, you know, what they want to do with some of those guys. Um, you know, they've got pretty good depth elsewhere as I'm in as well, you know, whoever, um, you know, I, let's say Abe Asad ends up getting the job at 184, you know, Nelson Brands, I think could probably go anywhere from 74 to 84 to 97 if you really need him up there. Um, you know, they've got some, they've got some good guys. I, you know, a couple other freshmen kind of littered at certain weights, like 49 and 57. I know it's kind of where Brett Lee rain is hanging out. Um, you know, I, they've got miles Wilson at 184 if they need to, you know, go a little bit deeper in the bench. Um, you know, Aaron Costello is a more than capable heavyweight. Um, is another Iowa native who's who back up Tony Cassiope and has been the last couple of years. So they've got a lot of really good pieces. Um, you know, if the normal starters can't go, I'd like to think that Tom will probably use that as an opportunity to see what the true freshmen have in store. Um, you know, and if not, then, um, you know, we, we might see some other guys that we've seen from time to time over the last couple of years. But, yeah, they've got some pretty good depth. Um, you know, here's hoping we'll keep our fingers crossed that they're able to get all the A guys across the finish line into the Big Ten championships. Um, you know, but if, if something were to happen, I, th I think they feel pretty good about who they have behind them. I love it, man. Well, Cody, I told you 8 to 10, end up being 30, but I really appreciate all the insight you just gave on to us. Um, find you at In The Room Podcast, find you on the Des Moines Register, find you at Hawk Central, and then your Twitter account again? Yeah, just at Cody Goodwin, the OG. I love it, man. Cody, well, thank you so much, buddy. Have a good night, and we'll talk to you later. Awesome. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. All right, and that wraps up our show today. We just gave you a full Iowa Hawkeye wrestling preview. Please make sure to go follow Cody on all those platforms. He's producing fantastic content covering your Iowa Hawkeye wrestling squad. And stay tuned for tomorrow's episode. We're going to be breaking down tomorrow night's men's basketball game and talking more about some of the Iowa football stuff out there. So stay tuned for tomorrow's episode. And if you loved the show, please make sure to give us that five-star review and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And again, subscribe wherever you even downloaded this podcast. So give us that five-star review, subscribe, and then follow us on all of our social media accounts. Thank you all for tuning in to another edition of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Have a fantastic Wednesday, Hawkeye Nation, and let's go Hawks.